Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome to checking out the competition for tonight's Colorado Avalanche game. And I am joined by Nathan Rudolph of Rudo's Avalanche Review, which if you are interested in the Avalanche is a very cool thing to check out. Um, Nathan, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Pretty good. Are you psyched about the season starting? I am. It's, It's about time. It feels like it's been a long summer. Right? It seems to drag on forever, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, there's yeah. four games a week, and you don't sleep for six months, and everything's fun. <laughs> yep, all the things happen at once. <laughs> okay, so we will get right into it. Um, we've been doing season previews at Broad Street Hockey, and when we were doing the Central Division, we were kind of divided about what the Colorado Avalanche would look like this season. A couple of us thought they were for sure going to build on what they did last season and take another step forward. And some people thought that there was no way they were going to be able to repeat it and they would probably fall back a little bit. Um, what are you expecting from them this year? Yeah, the uh, the Avs fan base is just about the same, I think. Um, you know, there were no expectations for this team at all last year. And this year, nobody knows what to expect, but there are definitely some expectations nonetheless. Uh, personally, I fall somewhere in the middle, probably a little bit more on the pessimistic side. <laughs> Realistically, if they're healthy, they should at least be a bubble team. Uh, but I see them bubbling out, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later, some of their depth mm. issues that I have some concerns about. Uh, but realistically, you could make a valid argument for them finishing anywhere from third to sixth in the central. It, it wouldn't be hard. And I would probably agree with you if you made the right argument. Yeah, it's an interesting division because there are a lot of teams that are good on paper, but that always seem to underperform. So it seems like a team like the Avalanche could sneak in to that third spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be hard to beat the Jets or Nashville. I think they're pretty much locked into the top two for everybody. But after that, yeah, you know, the, yeah, I mean, it's so hard to tell. The Blues obviously made some good moves. They got Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, to replace Stasny. So mm-hmm. I think they look decent, but they still have a bunch of question marks on their back end. Same thing with Dallas, really there, their goaltending situation. You just never know. So if someone's goalies get if someone's goalie gets hot or if somebody just has a breakout year for one of those teams, they'll probably take the third spot. And then after that you're battling it out for the wild card. Yeah. So speaking of expectations, um do you expect Nathan McKinnon to repeat his MVP caliber performance that he threw up last year? I mean, it's hard to say you expect a guy to be the best player in the Western Conference again. I I don't want to put that on him, but I can confidently say that I expect him to be at least a point per game player. Uh, He did things in an avalanche jersey that I haven't seen a player do in probably close to a decade. So he's, he's definitely a special talent and and I think this is what we saw last year is the real first overall pick, Nathan McKinnon. And again, as, as long as he's healthy, I think that he will be the reason the Avs are either in a playoff spot or get close to one. 
Speaking of flashy abs players from the past, I have a cat who wants to be involved in every podcast that I do, and he is called Fapa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We he's just a... like, as soon as I set up the recording, he's like, okay, hang <laughs> out now. I guess, uh, I guess we kind of owe you the flyers for Forsberg, really. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that Lindros trade, I guess, even though we were Quebec back then. But yeah. And then we somehow invariably ended up with Peter Forsberg anyway. <laughs> yeah. You got like one season out of him before his ankle yeah. exploded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Back to the, the good yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, so what offseason addition do you expect to make the biggest impact on the team? Um, it's got to be Grubauer. Uh, you know, I, I like Cole and Calvert. I think Cole is an upgrade for us. I I go back and forth with Calvert. I, I think he's pretty lateral at best with Como. I understand Calvert's a little bit younger and why they made the move, but did we really get better there? I, I don't think so. Uh, Grubauer has the potential to become our starter probably not this season unless Varlamov gets hurt which is likely yeah. uh, but after this year they signed him for three years with a contract that is pretty pricey to be a backup yeah so at minimum he's a tandem type guy and Varley's a UFA at the end of the year so if Grubauer can assert himself enough to be the starter maybe not this year but going forward that's really the biggest impact I'm looking for out of the the three guys we acquired. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a big deal because Grubauer is a very good goaltender, like an extremely good backup yeah, right. goaltender in general. And I was wondering if you thought that he would split time with Varlamov or if you think that he'll probably just be a, a steady backup. I think they want him to split um, just strictly based off of Varley's injury history. I think they want to limit his games as much as they can. Yeah. Uh, it's been three or four years since he's had a, a really a healthy season. So if someone like Grubauer, you can come in and, you know, you don't have to worry about him doing backup things, then it's, it's fine to split them. Yeah, that would, um, that would be nice. And Philadelphia, our coach likes to take one particular goaltender play him until he's practically dead on the ice and then switch to the other one. It's a super fun strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We tried that a couple of years with Varley too. And it doesn't really work. <laughs> it doesn't. You got to give these guys a rest every now. Yeah. And the, um, the days of playing 60 games for goalies are on the way out. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a, a good way to go anymore. And there's so many good ones that you can have a, a backup that right. can do at least, you know, 30 games, 30, 35 games, yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Exactly. So you touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, just kind of reading a bunch of season previews for the Avalanche to get ready for this, it seemed like a lot of them mentioned the fact that they have that insanely dynamic top line, but after that, it kind of drops off. Quite wondering what you think of the depth of the team and if you're worried about it at all. Um. I don't know if worried is the right word quite yet. Uh, you know, it's the first week of the season, but if you ask me in a month, worried might be an understatement depending on how things go. Uh, so we'll see, but I, it's, there's a ton of questions. We'll put it that way. We have a ton of young guys who skated by 
last year, uh, we had guys like Blake Como and Carl Soderberg, some veteran guys that kind of picked up the slack with the depth scoring for us. And with Como gone, Soderberg's 34 now, I think. So he's not getting any younger either. The Avs really need those younger depth guys to step up and start producing offensively, uh, particularly Tyson Jost and Alex Kerfoot. Um, Kerfoot actually had a pretty solid year. He scored over 40 points, but the problem was like 80% of that was in the first half of the year. And then he hit the NCAA wall and just did nothing in the second half of the season. And Joe spent the first 50 to 60 games of the year finding his footing, really. It took him a long time to really adjust to the NHL game. So he's one especially that we need to step up and be like probably at least a 40-plus point guy to make up some of the production that we're just not going to see this year. The last year we had like, I think, eight or nine guys that had career years and then a couple more that were like on par with their best year ever. So you can't expect guys like Matt Nieto to consistently produce at the level that they did last year. And we need to fill that hole somewhere. Yeah. That's kind of what's fun about young guys though, is that there is always a bit of a transition, but they really only, well, not really only, but you hope that they can only go up from where they start. And if you like, you know, Yost is a pretty talented guy. So you would expect that now that he's adjusted to the game, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, we need him to be, if nothing yeah. else. Like, if, and you're right, you do expect those guys to only go up, and that when they don't, that makes it that much worse for you, and yeah. we end up having a 47 point season. So, <laughs> okay, so, um, I like to ask this question because I think it's fun to get an idea of what someone from outside the Flyers fan base thinks of the Flyers. Um, so, which players are you looking forward to seeing in this game? Uh, well, there's three players. Uh, the first one's a total cop out. I probably won't even play in the game, but you guys just claimed off of waivers our ex goalie and Calvin Pickard. Oh yeah, I wanted to know what you think of him, and I didn't. Okay, so this is funny. You're saying Pickard? In my yeah. head, it was Picard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's Pickard. Um, okay, I'm glad you clarified that because we're actually we're recording our podcast tonight. And I would have said it wrong like twelve times. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> He's a great, just go with his nickname. We all call him BDP, Big Dick Picks. So, oh, we have one of those in Philly too. We have Big <laughs> Nick on the angles. <laughs> that fits perfectly. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, I, every Abs fan loves him. He's a great guy. He's always got a smile on his face and he makes everyone happy everywhere he goes. Um, we were all disappointed when we lost him in the expansion draft to Vegas, uh, but. He's a backup goalie. Uh, he he's good for one softy every time he plays, but he tries. He's a battler too. I mean, he will often give up that softy and then lock down the rest of the game. Yeah. Based on your guys' goalie situation, you know, I don't really know how long he's going to hang around, but it, he should be someone you can play as a backup. You'll know what to expect out of him, but especially probably not someone where the Flyers are at, but on a maybe a weaker team, he could be a regular backup for someone. And we all hope that he gets that chance eventually. I mean, to be perfectly honest, our regular backup is made of bird bones and glass. So a guy, so that, can, yeah, a guy that can play like more than three games without getting hurt might be an upgrade for us. <laughs> <laughs> we might end up keeping him. And I mean, Maybe, but it's a weird situation. We have like a thousand goaltenders and no one knows what's going to happen with any of them. It's a very strange 
way to kick off a season, but it wouldn't be the Flyers if we didn't have a goaltending problem, right? <laughs> it's always something. <laughs> okay, and the oh, did you have more players? Yeah, there were two more. Um, the second one being Nolan Patrick, uh, mm-hmm. with both Hishier and Patrick going to the East in the 2017 draft. Mm-hmm. Us guys out west don't get very many chances to yeah. see them, and obviously Patrick battled a lot of injuries last year too. So uh, I'm excited to see hopefully a breakout year for him in the East, maybe not against us, but, but I, I think he's a really fun player. I watched him back when he was in Brandon a bit as well. And I'm excited to kind of follow his career along as he kind of turns into whatever he becomes at the NHL level. I don't know if he'll really become a full power forward or what exactly, but. Yeah. We're expecting big things from him. Um, it, the, the back half of the season last year, I think, is what we should reasonably expect, which was pretty good. The first half of the season, he was he was still recovering from that surgery, but the back half, he looked really good. Um, so I think we're hoping for big things from him. Yeah. Maybe not this year, but in the future. Soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the, uh, the third player, I was going to say Voracek. One, because he's really good, but two, when you had me on last year, I talked about all your young defensemen. And then I think the next day we traded for Sam Girard. <laughs> so we got a kind of our old own young defenseman to be happy about. So mm-hmm. now we need wingers. So there you go. Put it keep out the there. magic going. Yeah. Put it out there in the universe. See what happens. <laughs> Maybe we have a magic podcast situation here. It could be. We're going to have to do this more often. If that's the case. Yeah, right. <laughs> Every time one of us needs something for our team, we'll just record a random podcast and see what happens. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, so what are your predictions for the game? Um, I think I predicted like a one nothing game last year and it ended up 5-4 to four or something. <laughs> uh, so we'll do the opposite, and I'll say it'll be 5-4 abs this year, and it'll probably be a one to nothing game. So <laughs> Okay. I am – so I when I did this for the, the Vegas game to open the season, I was – pretty well convinced that the Flyers are going to lose that game. First of all, because it's the home game for Vegas. Um, Secondly, because the Flyers are notoriously slow starters and the Golden Knights are kind of the opposite of that. They come out gunning. So I caught a loss for that one. And I think I'm going to call a win for this one. And I'm going to say three, two Flyers. The Flyers get out to an early lead and then sit back in their stupid turtle shell and let you guys almost come back, but they hold on for a win. That's what I'm going with. That's the standard ab strategy when they get the lead. So I know that life. <laughs> it's the worst ever. It's I don't know so why. Awful. I know it's terrible. It, and it never really works. Like it, it's always bad, but NHL coaches, right? There's yeah. Of them that know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, hopefully Bednar doesn't start shortening his bench in the wrong direction this year. At least that would be nice for us. Yeah. I guess we have kind of a similar, yeah, we have, we have the same coaching troubles. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. All right. So tonight's game, 9 p.m. against the Avalanche in Denver. Again, I am joined by Nathan Rudolph from Avalanche Review. You can find him on Twitter at Avalanche Review. Check out his stuff if you want to learn more about the Avs. Nathan, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Uh, Just real quick, I'm also an author at BurgundyRainbow.com. Oh, thank you. I know most of you guys watching this or listening to this probably don't care about the Av stuff, but we also do have a bunch of NHL draft coverage on there. Oh, so nice. 
if you want to get a feel for some of those guys, we have a bunch of shift by shift videos that you can check out and get real hyped over not getting Jack Hughes because <laughs> make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.